Hey guys, welcome to the Paddler's Playbook. Welcome ladies and gentlemen of podcast land. Thermal convection, man. These dudes almost killed me. You know, redfish are really dumb. How do you take your marsh dump? This fool used all my toilet paper. Bro, Well now that Drew's done dragging this on. TPP15. You gonna get a dozen shrimp? Hey, you throwing that cast net again this weekend? Oh good lord. I almost died. I do not want to paddle that far. Once again, he almost died. I'm not waking up at butt crack dawn. I'll see you at the launch around noon. I love wake baits. Haven't you ever heard them chatter? Let me double back here first. And now, a word from Saltside Jet. Oh, yeah. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the paddle. Check out our Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Podcast Land. I'm your host, Drew Turner, here with my co-host, Chris Lewis is back in the Mariner Sales studio. Chris, yeah, sorry, you're, sorry, you're man, back. I had to, you're back. I had, I had to go on vacation and you had to deal with the imposter. <laughs> we had the other Chris. Imposter. <laughs> now, dude, that's going to be stuck in everyone's head for the rest of <laughs> nice. the day. So nice. when you guys are singing Informer and saying Imposta. You know, I like it, boom, boom, bam. <laughs> See, I always say, you got to say it with the Z. a Zicky, Zicky, even though that's not the words of the song. No, it's not. Nobody knew the dang words to the song. They're making them up the whole time. <laughs> I, I still don't know the words to the song, and I've right heard that song thousands of times i'm sure but hey dude i'm i am back and unfortunately i'm sick you got the vid huh man um you know i, I my i called my doctor and he said well chris you've you know been able to stay away from it for three years almost you know lucky you but uh yeah he said don't worry about it just start taking some vitamin c some vitamin d and some zinc load up on that and I should be fine, but man, it has, uh, it really knocked my proverbial in the dirt. <laughs> I, I knew what you were about to say. You, yeah. you had to censor yourself. Thank yeah, you. Did. Thank you for censoring yourself. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little sick myself. I'm, I'm sick of looking at houses and talking to people and scheduling times to go see houses and then not getting the offer or the bid on the house. I'm, I'm yeah, it, it's it is a it's a tough game to play. Um, I'm sure you heard me talk about it a lot whenever we were looking mm-hmm. for our place, and I got out of the MLS, you know, which is your marketing listing, your multi, whatever, whatever they call it. Yeah, <laughs> I got out of that and started going to Facebook to specific groups like talk of Alvin and talk of Friendswood and talk of Santa Fe and all these places that we were looking at living. And I just started to talk to people like, Hey, do you know of anyone that might be selling their house soon? Mm -hmm. You would be surprised how many people don't want to pay all the real real estate fees. Mm -hmm. And so they would entertain selling their house to someone off of a uh, a listing, yeah. So well, you might want to check that out as an well, option. I know you want to stay in, in that same little 
We want to stay in our Posh subdivision, community. so I'm trying to post. Guys, he's bougie, man. I've been posting in the subdivision asking if things are about to go on the market, but it ain't been mattering. Like, we literally watched the people load up the U-Haul from the house, eight houses up. We watched them load it up, and we're like, all right, let's see when that thing posts. It posts. We go look at it. It posts the first, the, the earliest time we could go look at it was 11 o'clock. The next day, after they put the lockbox on, we go 11 o'clock the next day, look at the house, fall in love with the house by, I don't know, the time we got out of the backyard, our agent was already drawing up a contract. We put in an offer, not even you know, 24 hours after it listed. And then we had to wait. They made us wait like five days. I told you that's a tactic. I know. They made, us, they made us wait five days and they didn't take our offer. And we offered over listing price the day that it posted. Yeah. It's, and it's we still a really it. strange market. Um, it's very, very weird. You know, um, I, I, I'm not a real estate guru but i do know that prices got inflated ridiculously by people oh man i must eat <laughs> jesus christ Ooh it's just you, it, it's it's horrible because the price the houses that are not in our price range are staying on the market about a month month and a half before they go in our under contract the houses in our price range are gone in like three days. Yeah. You yeah. Have to, you have to cough up some extra dollars or just wait, man. So, guys, I promise you throughout this episode, I'm not going to be sounding like a sicko. Um, yeah, he actually muted himself through the episode. Oh, but in the beginning of it, in the intro, I couldn't hold that one. Sneeze like a one. maniac. So, and honestly, it gets worse like the later it gets in the day and i was reading mm -hmm. about that and it's actually has to do with your cortisol levels in your body you know in the morning you wake up and you you're loaded with cortisol so you can fight you know all sorts of inflammation and you know crazy things that are happening in your body whenever you've got a, a virus but then as the cortisol levels start to go down then the virus starts to fight hard and so it's at night that it just sucks in the morning i'm fine well, we but should anyway. we should have done this in the morning. I'm not fine with anything in the morning, though. Like nothing. I don't even want to. We know that. Get out of bed. Well, you know, you know what? Um, what it doesn't. It, if you're in the market for spending some of that cold cash that you got there, buddy, I ain't buying nothing. And, I'm trying to sell I'm stuff, not, Chris. It, you and saying you is I'm using that term for our listeners as well, not just you, Drew. But you know who's not inflating prices? Mariner sales. Mariner sales. They are not inflating prices at all. And they they don't have to um you know take bids. <laughs> <laughs> very true yeah you don't have to wait five days in fact i guarantee you that they have exactly what you're looking for like right now 
They actually don't want you to wait five days. They they want you to. They don't want you to wait five minutes. <laughs> yeah, they want you to give them their money and then they'll give you the product. That's how everything should work. I swear, every day, um, you know, whoever posts on their their Facebook page is very active, like constantly, and because they will post, you know, the happiest people, five, six, seven times a day, mm-hmm. picking up their brand new kayaks, and they're not just coming from you know the Dallas Fort Worth area. They have people from Houston, Galveston, Arkansas, um, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Oklahoma. Yeah, all over the place. And it's because that warehouse is just chock full of everything you could possibly imagine and think of. If you guys haven't seen the release video where I'm I'm flying my uh drone my drone through, through the warehouse. And that was just like one corner. <laughs> that it was just like even, one little section. Wasn't even the backup warehouse that was there. Um, that's what he said. Yeah, that he's like that's not even the backup warehouse. <laughs> but they they have they have everything that you're looking for: parts, accessories, kayaks, anything that you're looking for. They even have the full line of feel free kayaks at Mariner Sales. And we talked to a gentleman from Feel Free on this episode, but we talked about a whole lot of stuff on this episode, Chris. We, we talked did. about feel free kayaks. We went into my nightmares. Like <laughs> we we talked about a lot of stuff. You know, I don't even remember my dreams. You know, maybe every now and then, but I don't have any reoccurring nightmares. And I'm sad that here that you do, Drew. Sorry, sir. My if I'm dreaming about anything, you know what I'm dreaming about? A new freaking um, Abu Garcia rocket. Okay, but before before you talk about the Abu Garcia rocket, I've got a, you guys know I've what's got, coming up. I've we don't got, we don't have Jess, so I, I have a follow up question for that. So you said you don't remember your dreams often. Do you have normal dreams? Like, are you dreaming of your fishing? You've got a new um, a new reel. You got a new rod. Like, okay, so I used to have I used to have a recurring dream like you did. Okay, like you were talking about. And the reoccurring dream that I used to have was that I was in an 18-wheeler. Mm-hmm. And I was the passenger. And somehow the 18-wheeler driver lost control of the 18-wheeler on the side of a hill or a, a mountain. And we just plummeted off the, the edge. And I have not had that dream in I don't know how long. I'm talking like decades. And it was one of those scenarios where you're falling, 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 and then you jump out of bed. You know, right before you hit the ground, mm-hmm. sort of deal. Um, so I, I used to have those types of dreams quite often, but no, um, I don't know how long it's been since I've had a nightmare or anything like that. Now I do have, and you and I have talked about this. I do wake up and see things in my room. Mm-hmm. Have you ever? I know I talking about that. Yeah, like one, I, I one time too. I thought there were snakes in the bed. Yeah. And I was like pulling the freaking, you know, covers off, and my wife's like, "What the hell's going on?" Yeah, and I think like, I think Sweet. we both we we both uh, suffer from a touch of sleep apnea whenever it comes to that. Like our brain is not getting the full oxygen <laughs> while we're sleeping, so we wake up seeing stuff. But the reason I asked you that is because if it's a like a nightmarish type dream of mine, it's very realistic. Like it's, I can, I'm driving, I'm, I'm in my truck, everything you see else. colors in your dreams? Yeah. But if it's not, 
a, a nightmare and it's just a regular happy, not happy dream, it's freaking crazy. It's like I'm riding a triceratops on the moon <laughs> while we're playing laser tag in a movie theater. Like it's some crazy off the wall. Like you're on the mood with your, on the moon with your pet triceratops playing laser tag. Huh? Yeah, it's like something completely crazy All that right. can never ever ever. Ladies and gentlemen, ever I promise happen. you, neither one of us do drugs. No, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't do, I don't even drink hardly. Like, it, it doesn't matter. But I will say that, I mean, I may not be dreaming about them, but I've been daydreaming about those new Xenons because, yeah, buddy, I need to save money. But Jesus, they're available now to purchase online. They're not just in store. And it's been very, very hard for me not to buy at least two of the new well, Xenons. I, and I know that you can't even, you know, buy, sell some to buy some right now. Like, mm-hmm. that's typically our MO whenever it comes to, you know, buying equipment. We've got to buy, sell some to buy some. Um, I don't know about you, but that's sort of the rule that we have in our house. You know, if I want to buy some new stuff, I kind of got to raise the coin to do it. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I'm selling a few reels because I'm waiting for those new rockets to drop. The Xenon, I almost pulled the trigger on it, dude. I almost pulled the trigger on it the other day and I uh, decided, no, nah, I'm, I'm waiting for the new rocket. So that's what I'm waiting for. Well, I, I'm going to tell you September. this. As soon as we buy that house and I have is on like Donkey Kong a little I just a little extra money that Xenon is going to be on a Turner Rod Co Rod I promise you that as as <laughs> soon we could be signing the paperwork and I find out my exact closing cost then I'm going to go buy a Xenon right after that Then See so guys this is this is we have been waiting for um, you know, we're we're enthusiasts of uh, all sorts of fishing equipment, but um, over the past few years, Drew and I both have have really fallen in love with trying these new products that Abu Garcia and Penn put out. And so far, there hasn't been a single one that we've been disappointed with. Um, I take that back. I have I was disappointed with one reel. It was the uh, it was a spinner from Abu Garcia, but they no longer make it for that very specific reason why I was disappointed with it. I didn't cause them to discontinue the reel, but that flaw in the reel caused them to discontinue it. From what I understand, most flaws in their new spinning gear have been removed. The new spinning gear that they have, I know you saw it. We I put out a post about it just as soon as they released the data on them, they are ridiculous, man. Um, the asymmetrical um, styling of these new reels uh, really puts an emphasis on on that gearing that's built into the reel itself. It's supposed to be way more robust. The tolerances, they put a ton of focus on their tolerances for their new reels. That was like one of the the main complaints that people had about Abu Garcia reels were that the tolerances weren't always great. They've corrected that. Man, they listened to people and they applied. 
So I can't. I know you can't wait to try some of these new reels out. I can't wait to try some of these new reels out. Plus, they look really fine. I can't wait to just spend some money on some other stuff. <laughs> That's where I'm at. You it just is... can't wait to spend money on something other than a house. All that iCast stuff, you're seeing all that new stuff, all the innovation, and I'm just like, oh, I want it all, but I can't buy any of it because most of That's it's how not this... even out yet. That's how this episode got sparked, was sparked, mm-hmm. was um, what's coming out of you know iCast. It was just a month ago or a month and a half ago. Um, and you know, where can we start talking to people about the new products? And, um, while we have, you know, a list of people that we want to get on, um, our guest for this episode was ready and raring to go, man. He had plenty of information about the products and, uh, the new thing that he wanted to talk about, or we wanted him to talk about the airship. Doesn't that sound just like a crazy ass name for a kayak? It it does the airship, the airship. Which well, never mind. I already know that answer. Did you have you seen videos of how they put it together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've watched I the whole the whole. I haven't looked caboodle. at it yet. I haven't looked at it yet. I'm gonna admit that. I just was you know dumbfounded looking at it, going, "Oh my gosh, that thing looks crazy." I want to try it out. I want to. I want to feel it. Get my hands on it. I want to feel what the pieces feel like for it to go together because you guys will hear more about it in the episode but it is a very your unique... experience with paddleboard fishing sucked and a lot yeah <laughs> and and you you kind of need a redemption hour <laughs> yeah i mean because we had a jackson guy on a few episodes ago but that jackson superficial that sucked <laughs> like it, it was bad sucked. It was it was bad for me. It was superficially um, a superficial kayak. <laughs> yeah, it it was it was it was not great for me at all. And Chris, you keep you know talking about spending money on the new house and everything. Uh, what I'm probably even though I may get in trouble for it, but I may get in trouble, but I probably won't get in trouble because if I go to Real Sportswear and I buy me some new stuff, all I got to do. Is by Jessica. Make sure you buy Jess one. I got. I got to buy her one of the new, like those half tank or the three quarter top. tank. Oh, those crop top shirts. Like she has the Sundays right now, and she really wants the March Madness. There you go. See, you so you can you can easily you know squeak one by there. I can probably get away with it because I want the tide gauge in olive. I have the tide gauge in black. And have you seen their new? banana cream tees with the redfish tail on the back that they have the holographic sticker that matches it i have almost every t-shirt that they make because i am a t-shirt guy at work that's all i wear to work when i go into the office is t-shirts and i don't have that one and a couple of the brand brand new ones that just came out so there no, i don't he, have it yet but I he, will. he went with a retro look on these new tees, and I gotta say, these are my favorites. Um, he, you are that retro guy, man. I like the retro. I like the retro. I like simple retro type stuff. And these new t-shirts, I am gonna have to drop some, drop some cash. 
I mean, they're they're affordably priced too. It's not like they're crazy. They're affordably priced, but the greatest thing about them is that they're they're comfortable, awesome materials, dude. Yeah. Um, reprieve. Anything made out of Reprieve is amazing. Um, I don't know if he's making a whole lot of new shirts out of Reprieve, um, but the other choices that he has in cotton and uh, polyester are are really nice too. So, um, yeah, you you can always know that you're going to get a quality shirt from those guys if you have not checked out real sportswear lately download the real sportswear app or head over to realsportswear.com and i'm serious they have a ton of new tees i'm talking about they probably have eight to ten new tees on there that i know chris doesn't have or you would have saw them uh, being worn on this show if you see a video version of it because they they seriously well, I'm not, have a whole I don't bunch. wear them all at the same time I mean why not they'd probably be comfortable might be a little <laughs> that episode of friends comes to mind where Joey's wearing all of Chandler's clothes <laughs> could you be wearing any more clothes <laughs> is it literally like all of his clothes it, it's all of his clothes. Friends was before my time. Oh, come on, man. You're so, you know, 90s retro, dude. Just pull it I up am, and start watching it. They were, they were before I hope, my time. I hope some of our listeners caught that reference, man, and know which episode I'm talking about. And he's like, and I'm freeballing. <laughs> all right. <laughs> time to get into the episode on that. We talk about freeballing. Now it's time to get to our man, Bones. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know, Drew, there's one thing I know, I know is happening in the next few days, man. You're going to be getting that shipment in from Pure Fishing, aren't you? No, I'm not getting anything in Come right on now. now. I'm not getting really? anything in I right see, now. I see you had a ton of stuff for sale on the interwebs and the Facebooks. So I figured you had already racked up um, all your your earnings for the year and spent them. No, no, I, I, I don't. Don't get me wrong. I've been eyeballing the Xenons uh, for well, that new past... product drop from from Pure is pretty amazing, man. Yeah, and I've I know been you've eyeballing been eyeballing it for two weeks, but yeah, I, I know you. Have. I can't buy anything right now. We're buying a house. Good boy, good boy. Hey, speaking of good boy, we got this dude here with us, man. I I I really don't know if you're a good boy or not, but uh, we'll <laughs> we'll say you're a good guy. Um, I've good actually I, I met this guy in person once. Okay, and, you know, I have all these crazy fishing excursions where I fish with people that I've never fished with before, and I just kind of get invited on these fishing trips every now and then. And this was probably like, man, literally like eight years back, maybe even longer. And uh, when he popped up on on, um, StreamYard here, I said, hey, dude, you know, I was there whenever you caught your very first redfish. He's like, what? (laughs) Bro. Uh, I was just giving him shit. I'm not sure if it was his first redfish. Um, you know, every guy, whenever he catches a redfish, he hoops and hollers and, and acts crazy. I would say this did, do, dude did, but he did not. He was probably the quietest redfish person I've ever seen fishing for redfish. All on his own, in his zone, and uh, doing it to it. So what, who we've got with us tonight is a fellow by the name of Roland Bones Jimenez. I don't even know if I said that right. If it's like a Y or a J, but is that right? It's a huh, 
So uh, okay, it's that was the widest. <laughs> that was the widest way that you could say Jimenez. You, you know, said Jimenez. Jimenez. Hey man, that wasn't bad at all. That was good. Pretty damn good compared to what I've heard before. With yeah, your Japalinos you... on your. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Him and are you, wait, him are and you in Texas? Are you in Texas? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, come on, man. There's no excuse. Um, I'm, Well, I'm from Louisiana. Does that help? Well, okay. I'll <laughs> give it to you, man. All good. Uh, so, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Bones is with us, and we're going to talk, uh, well, later on. First, we're going to get to know him. Of course, Drew has his paneled questions ready to go. We're going to pepper him good with them. But we're going to talk feel-free kayaks, man. Um, something that we actually have never discussed on this show before. And I don't know why, but um, yeah, man, feel free. Let's do it. I'm I'm excited to talk about feel-free. I know why. Because they, they dropped the airship, and there's a lot of people talking about the airship. So that, that's got feel-free in the front of everybody's mind. But we're not yeah, going to talk about the airship dro- yet. They gonna- dropped, but they've dropped some kayaks like... Let's say four years ago, there was a big drop from Feel Free four years ago that had everybody all abuzz, too. So we'll talk about that one because I know that one's still around, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll get on to all that. But first, we got we to gotta learn a little bit more about our man Bones. So, Bones, I'm going to ask you the first question that I always ask all of our guests. I want to know about your most memorable fishing memory and then after that, I want you to tell us about your very first kayak and how you got into kayak fishing. So, yeah. First of all, thanks for having me on the show, guys. Um, you know, it's I've got a lot of memories, but the one that stuck in my head was um, my dad used to work for a gentleman who owned a, a retail outlet, and the, the owner of the company was never – present but he would invite my dad fishing every sunday and you know some of his co-workers would be like hey man why do you get to go fish with the boss you know and this and that but it's because my dad loved fishing right and like i said i got a lot of fond memories of fishing with my dad you know and it's it's all you know basic kind of uh pork rinds <clears throat> sunflower seeds of course like well at least wait sunflower like, seeds you're not <laughs> fishing with the sunflower seeds you're eating no i'm talking like just uh oh. i'm talking sh- dead shrimp and minnow fishing on the shoreline with my dad and it's just sitting there having a big red and while he's drinking a beer and just that kind of fishing right with the bobber that was our fishing and it was but it was religious to him i mean it was all the time so even though he wasn't like a you know artificial bait fisherman who was out in a boat and i think he was more of a fisherman than anyone I knew because he was always out there. And the one thing, uh, there's two things I always remember. One, every time he caught a fish, and any time he caught a fish that he was going to let go, he gave it a kiss. And I don't know, it was just to make me laugh or what it was. And I thought it was the most disgusting thing, but, you know, whatever. And um, But my most memorable uh, time with him was a time that I did not enjoy. I, his, he finally decided to invite me out with his boss. And I figured out why they usually didn't invite me. It's because they drank a lot of beer. So they went on a boat. They had a little John boat, but it was uh, fiberglass. So I don't know what you would call that. I don't know the name of what this boat was. I mean, I was probably, I don't know, seven, eight years old. But I remember it was, you know, this thing was probably from the 50s or 60s. I don't know. You know, I just remember smelling the, you know, the fumes from the, uh, from the outboard and, you know, just a lot of smoke and this and that whenever we're. Good old two stroke, man. Yeah, probably, you know, and. All I remember is it was hot and halfway through the morning 
I was in so much pain because I kept putting my arms on the side of the on the gunnels of the boat. Since it was fiberglass and it was old fiberglass, I got home and my my arms, both my arms were just red, you know, from the fiberglass. So, you know, needless to say, I had a pretty shitty experience for being on a boat for the first time. And I actually, after that, I just didn't even care about going on a boat. I just wanted to, you know, fish the rivers and and, and the, uh, you know, the uh, the banks. Um, but obviously, you know, later on as I grew older, I realized that's not how they were all made. And that was just an old shitty boat. But yeah, that's probably my most memorable, memorable experience. Maybe not the finest. Dad and his boss were probably just fine with that old fiberglass boat. Yeah. Because they had plenty of beer in them. And of <laughs> course, you weren't able to drink, you know, participate partake no. in the adult beverages. So uh, the fiberglass was definitely uh, affecting you more than it did them so oh man it, it was days before that shit went away there's not much you can do about that either yep. my wife was so mad the other day we went we took my skiff out and uh she caught this awesome sheep's head and she goes to do the release and um she rubbed her arm against my uh my, my stiffy pole and uh she came back up and she was like the whole day she was like man my arm is burning what did that sheep's yeah. head do to me and i was like i don't think it was the sheep's head let's look at these pictures right quick oh yeah you were leaning on the push pole. yeah yeah that, do they still make them out of fiberglass no it's carbon fiber but yeah. um i'm i'm not the world's best at keeping my shit tip top oh gotcha and i use it when i use it i use it so <laughs> that stiffy pole is only seven years old it's probably due to be replaced yeah i think i got one of those uh it's white with the black handle this one's um so it's the hybrid yeah it's black with yellow yeah. writing yeah yeah but the white one is the fiberglass one yeah, yeah. that's what i have old i haven't used it in a while but yeah you're so, still yeah, on I'm... mute drew you're still on mute drew the worst thing that ever happened to me as a kid and I say a kid, I was like 15 years old. I had a friend that's like, hey, you want to make some extra money? And I was like, heck yeah, I want to make some money. Like, how much are you guys going to pay? He's like, we're going to pay $100 per day. And that was a lot of money to a 15-year-old. Yeah. And I was like, what are we going to do? Oh, we're, we're putting in insulation at this house. And I was like, okay, cool. I didn't know nothing about insulation. I didn't know anything about anything. Like, all right, cool. He's like, dude, it's going to be hot, so make sure you dress accordingly because there's no AC. And it's middle of the summer, a new, yeah. you know, we're putting in insulation. So I wear shorts and a short sleeve shirt to put Jeez, in Louise. roll insulation in this house. And I worked all day. And you, you, talk, of it. you yeah. talk about itching like friggin crazy nobody warned me like i was now that i'm thinking about it like it was with his dad that we went when they picked me up they saw what i was wearing like they picked me up for work in the morning they they should have warned me to go put on some pants at least Look, like at least put on some jeans you were dinner for schmucks Dude, That's what you I was I was <laughs> scratching the whole way home. It was horrible. But he you're right. Won, he won that day. 
Oh he got yeah, a trophy because because he brought the biggest schmuck to, to roll out. You're still <laughs> talking about it. Next like, day it was long sleeve long sleeve shirts, but you're right. There's no, once that happens to you, there's nothing you could do. Like they say, you can take a really cold shower and it'll like force it out of your pores. Man, if you got enough on you, that shit don't work at all. Like at not not even one little bit. Ah, it sticks around. But enough about my fifteen-year-old stupidity. We could we could talk for hours about so you, that. You didn't. Hey, you listen, didn't I was eight years old. Glass, <laughs> you didn't care for the fiberglass boats. So no. what about kayaks? What got you started in kayaking? Like, what was your first kayak, and then what got you into the sport? Yeah. So, not a very exciting story. It was just I was I. So I used to go do the trout releases. You know, the Texas Parks and Wildlife trout releases. You know, as I got older, I still enjoyed fishing. Again, I was a big river and bank fisherman. Nothing fancy. You know, I did get into artificial bait and all that kind of jazz. And I used to fish the uh, Guadalupe River here in Central Texas. I was maybe 21, 22 years old. And uh, we'd, uh, they'd have the trout releases. And everybody, I don't know if you've ever been to a Texas Parks and Wildlife trout release. But there's like, I don't know, 140 dudes in like a, you know, a 40 yard square area all going for the trout that they just released that morning. Right. And there's little pockets, right. Where these trout kind of hang out, you know, and it, depending on wh- what pond or river you're fishing, but in this particular section of the river, they, they get, they, you know, they hang out right there by the dam over by Canyon Lake. Um, it's actually the release of Canyon dam. So all the trout they release kind of hang out there for a few days. So you got, I'm not joking when I say at least a hundred people trying to fish these trout out and everyone wants their five trout. You ever guys ever been to one of these releases? I haven't. Um, I fished Guadalupe and, um, you know, for trout and it's, yeah. I've never been interested in being around that many fishermen at one time. No, I, you know, but it was easy and I would come home with five fish. My wife loved it. You know, I was young and, I had nothing else to do. I'd go with my friends. We'd drink a few beers, catch a few fish, come back home, go out the next day. But long story short, while you're fishing, as you can imagine, everyone's lines are crossing. There's a bunch of hell going on, right? And this one day I was fishing early this morning, one morning, and this dude just comes. He's got a little pungo, Wilderness Systems pungo. You remember that kayak? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's just dragging it, you know, down the stairs, concrete stairs, just bunk, 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 and everyone turns around, looks at this guy. He gets in his pungo. He's like, excuse me, gets in his pungo and just takes off down river. And it was at that moment I was like, damn, this guy figured it out. It's, a, you know, I always knew that there was kayaks and I was understood the concept of kayaks. But this is, man, this has got to be what, 94, 95, 1995, where this dude was out there on this kayak fishing. And all these guys at the coast that you meet, you know, here in Texas, you know, oh, I was the original kayak fisherman. You know, I call BS. There was, there was people using canoes. Chad Hoover was the original kayak fisherman. <laughs> he invented the, the spinnerbait. In- <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of guys that, that claim they, they were the first. And let me tell you, there was a lot of people doing this way back. Well, a few years passed, and I really couldn't afford a kayak at the time. You know, I went to REI, and it was just, like, overwhelming. It was mostly sit inside at the time, you know, some sea kayaks. I still feel like REI can't sell a decent kayak unless it's a pungo. I no. Swear. Every yeah. REI I go into, they all have pungos everywhere. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's the target, target market, right? 
So I don't know. Many years later, I decided, you know what? I'm going to buy a kayak. I'm going to go ahead and do this. And I said, you know what? What if I bought several kayaks and sold some and, you know, use the profits to basically end up with a free kayak? I don't know where I got this idea, right? So I started calling around. I actually called Wilderness and they're like, who the hell are you? Do you have a shop? I'm like, no, but I'm going to sell them online, this and that. I'll put them on Craigslist. You know, I got a little garage unit where I can store them. And they're just like, hell no, we're not talking. Yeah. You, right? <laughs> Where's your business model, bro? Yeah. And they're <laughs> like, we actually have a dealer in town. They're called Austin Canoe and Kayak. I'm like, oh, Austin Canoe and Kayak. Cool. All right. So I went over to Austin Canoe and Kayak and I looked, I, I started realizing, well, you know what? I realized that they had all these brands, but they were missing one I came across at one point called Heritage Kayaks. Y'all remember them? Oh, yeah. Yep. So I said, you know what? Obviously, I'm not going to be able to sell any of these other brands. So let me call Heritage and see what I can do. Called them up, had a credit card, and long story short, within probably a month, I submitted a business plan, you know, my idea of what I was going to do, the fact that I was going to start off in a garage and eventually open up a shop. And they allowed me to buy 10 boats. And I, you know, so again, I used a credit card to do that. And I sold nine boats and i kept one and the one i kept was red redfish mm-hmm. the redfisher yeah and that was, was it like awesome. a heritage redfish 120 yeah that was mm-hmm. an awesome kayak you know you could Built stand like in a that tank thing. yeah and you could stand you know back then standing on a kayak was just not something you thought about you know tarpon 120 you couldn't stand on it you know hobies you couldn't stand on them at the time um i i would take that out to the coast and uh, apologize we got a dog barking in the background here but people would just inquire about it. What's this? I've never seen this kayak before, you know, the heritage, whatever. Well, eventually Academy started carrying a variation of that boat, but I looked at it as an opportunity because of the fact that they were advertising heritage, the brand. Now people were going online looking for heritage brand kayaks. And there was me bones selling heritage kayaks out of a garage unit. Right? So it went from 10 kayaks to 20, Eventually, I bought, I don't know, I think it was upwards towards 120 kayaks. Had an actual container, full truck, deliver kayaks to my warehouse. Well, I originally had a storage unit, eventually turned to a warehouse, which eventually turned into a storefront. So my first kayak, to answer your question, was a Heritage Redfish in amongst... 100 plus other 100. <laughs> well, Chris and Drew, I had a hundred of them, <laughs> but it was all it all started by you know me simply wanting to just get a kayak for free, and I realized I could sell these and I was selling them quick. You know, I'd put them on Craigslist. I mean, this is when kayak fishing started blowing up 2006, I think, seven. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I you know, I remember going to the coast and I would actually take a couple of new ones and leave them in my truck tied up. And people would ask me about them, and I'd be like, well, I got two there. I can sell you. And sure enough, I'd sell a couple. And uh, so it just basically uh, I ended up start opening up a kayak shop without really thinking I was going to open up a kayak shop simply because I just wanted a kayak for myself. And it was so called the, nick- the, the nickname came from the bare bones kayak shop. No. Oh, OK. I was speculating. Nickname goes way back. We're going to have to hear about that for sure. Oh, man, there's nothing to it. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Keep on. No, that was it. I mean, uh, I um, just 
that that's where my career in the world of kayak fishing got started. Drew, in all the kayaks that you've bought and sold, have you ever thought I'm going to make a living out of this or I know you've bought in order to or bought and sold in order to fund another one. Yeah, I, another yeah, kayak or yeah. something. I've done like, that too. I've bought but, kayaks that I had no intention of keeping yeah, other right. than like one or two flip. trips because I'm like, this is a good deal. I can make $800 off of yeah. this one. I think and I'm the king of $200 kayaks. Yeah. Yeah. But That's I've exactly never, what I was doing, man. Yeah. I've never thought about making it a business, but I would, I would love to make something in the fishing and kayak industry yeah. a business. But I think a lot of our listeners would would like to do that but there's All only the good ideas are taken bro. there's only so <laughs> many jobs that pay what most guys are making right there their normal jobs and the ones that are in those positions are not giving those up within the industry they're like i get to do something i love yep. and and i don't have to starve and feed you know i can feed my family i can go to do demos i can do all this stuff those jobs do not come easily well, listen, as a guy who's been in this industry for, I guess it was 2005, six, I, I can't really, I have to look up some paperwork here, but I want to say 2005 or six, I do not recommend you start a kayak shop. <laughs> Let the guys who've been around do it. Focus Hard on slinging, else. yeah. Yeah, it's a tough business to be in. You know? So the owner of Mariner Sales, I was like, bro, why, why, why haven't you ever branched out? Like, why just Dallas? You know, why not Houston? The market in Houston is just, and this was right after ACK fell, you know? Yeah. Um, well, ACK didn't fall. It got the rug pulled out from underneath it. Um, and got he's like, with a stick. <laughs> he was like, he's like, well, you're welcome to open one up if you want. Yeah, if you would like, you can have the territory. We'll give yeah. it to you. He's got but, a good thing going and. He, he knows what he's doing. He's been in this business for a long, before I, you know, 75, before. dude. Yeah, yeah, this guy. Oh, yeah, there it is in the logo. Uh, I guess people can't see it, but the logo says 1973 or 5? Five? 1975. Five. Yeah, I need my readers. But, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's a tough business to be in. I understand where he's coming from. I did it for three years on my own, and the economy collapsed in 2008. You guys remember that, right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I went from selling twenty kayaks a month on average to about maybe two or three, and uh, well, that's kind of where the transition began. Me going to work for Austin Canoe and Kayak. And how long? How long were you with ACK? So I was there for seven years. Um, originally started as director of marketing. I was there originally for three years. Took off. Decided to start my own cons- outdoor industry consulting business. Uh, specifically focused on marketing and then um, they called me up and said they wanted me back made an offer I couldn't refuse uh, so they hired me back as their VP of marketing so I was there for another three and a half years or so and then did that did you go straight from ACK rolling into uh, feel free or any any stops in the industry between those two not, well, yeah, there was a stop. It was back to my consulting. My consulting business, Eight Point Marketing, never dissolved. So once I left ACK for the first time, I continued to operate Eight Point Marketing uh, on a smaller scale. With you never leave your baby. Nope. And yeah. that's what got me into fuel-free. So when I, when I left ACK, ACK became my client. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I went back to work for ACK, decided uh, when, well, I don't want to get into it too much, but when the investment company came in and bought them out, it just wasn't my place anymore. I was, I was just not liking where it was going. Not, I mean, there were great people. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to talk shit about them because they were trying their best to make it work. And they I'm talking about on. the digital whatever yeah, they're yeah. called. Yeah, they were good guys. They, I mean, they were they, their heart really was in the business, but I think it was just wasn't in the passion. Does that make sense mm-hmm. uh, from the customer level? So, you know, it, the intent was there. It just didn't formulate. But I left before all that kind of panned out anyway. So I went back to consulting. Feel free was my client for many years. P's so and Q's. feel free, baby. What what's your him, what's man? your involvement with Feel Free? So I'm the director of marketing, uh, Feel Free, and what you may not know, or maybe you do, but Feel Free actually encompasses four different brands. Actually, more like seven or eight, but we can talk about four, and that's Three Waters Kayaks, Sea uh, Stream Kayak, Johnny Boats, and Feel Free Kayaks. So yes, I, don't know if I am in the know on that. Drew probably doesn't even know what a Johnny Boat is. No, yeah. I know what a Johnny Boat is. <laughs> That's us. Mm-hmm. I know what a Johnny Boat is and the... Um, B- big Fish. Big Fish. Big Fish, yeah. the Three Waters, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Three Waters, Big Fish, 105. Yeah, big kayaks. Big I, I know about that because that bass fishing dude, that was his first kayak. Yeah, yeah. Good guy. Big old that just footer. blows my mind, man. Thinking about a dude that's like 10 foot tall stepping inside of that... <laughs> <laughs> he he's a big guy and uh i'm gonna tell you man he stood up and cast like no like there was no tomorrow well he's got like 17 foot of leverage like when he puts his arm out to yeah. cast plus the rod like I, man he's got yeah that's a long way he could probably cast 150 yards i'm just yeah. guessing i'm just I'm, when, when he came to yards. meet us at uh at cat's and he came up to me and he was like, hey, Chris. I was like, oh, first off, dude, you are intimidating as hell. All right? <laughs> now, you know, I never saw him in person. How tall really was tall. he? Six, seven? No, he's seven foot. Oh, seven foot. Okay, yeah, bro. He is seven, seven foot, foot tall. tall. He is yeah. a legit seven foot tall. That's ridiculous. It's not. It's cool as shit. But, yeah. Like, he's in a different level now. I uh... I mean, anybody over like six seven, like you might as well be fifteen foot tall. Like it doesn't matter if you're above six 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 seven. Like you might as well. I can't tell if you're seven foot seven two, <laughs> six eleven. Like you're just you're you're freakishly tall. Whenever whenever you're that big. So what what's new with Feel Free right now? You guys dropped um, at iCast. Uh, you just want to talk about the new stuff, or you want to talk about the old stuff too, Drew? No, I want to talk about the old stuff, but let's <laughs> let's get into the new new first. The new new is pretty cool. Yeah, so we um, Peter Murphy, our designer, he's a New Zealander, big uh, sailboat, powerboat kind of guy. You know, that's where a lot of the Johnny Boat concept came from. He's uh, he brings some pretty innovative new ideas, you know, to the table. A little different, you know. Feel free. We tend to be a little different from everyone else here and there. You know, we have our typical sit-on-top kayaks. Um, but, you know, we have some other watercraft like Johnny Boats and even the, the Big Fish to some extent at the time when it, got, when it was first launched that are a little different than what's out there. Um, and one of the things that Feel Free focuses on, and I'm talking Feel Free International because 
what a lot of you people don't realize is we are an international company. We were global before we were even in the U.S. We've been around a while. Um, but our focus is really accommodation. You know, and what I mean by that, you know, people, a lot of manufacturers talk about, oh, we're innovative, you know, we're, we're the ultimate fishing machine, this and that. You know, we say the same crap too, right? But at the end of the day, what we like to focus on is accommodation. And what we mean by that is creating boats that um, really a, a variety of different boats that anyone can use. Uh, one of our taglines, we don't really have a set tagline, but one of the taglines we use is something for everyone, right? And um, throughout the years, we've come up with a variety of different platforms, whether you're small, big, serious fishermen, you know, uh, prefer just to focus on recreation or just kind of a weekend kind of guy. You know, we do have something and I can go on and on and, and you know, try to sell it off, but there's no point. Just go to our website, right? But what we did with the, this new product called the Airships is we wanted to come up with a new concept where um, people ha could take advantage of portability. You know, for so many years, we've all, feel free, Hobie, everybody, we've all been focusing on these big boats, big kites. They just kept getting bigger, fatter, wider. They still do. Yeah, yeah and they still do. And trust me, we're not going to stop. I mean, it's a big market, yep. big, 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 right? Um but we're like, wait a minute, let's step back a little here. There's a lot of apartment dwellers. There's a lot of younger people who cannot afford houses these days. There's a lot of people. There's a lot uh, of older people that can't afford well, houses these days. He, Take it for someone yeah. trying to buy a damn house right now. But sorry, go ahead. Apartments, yeah. younger folks. <laughs> yeah, well, you get where I'm coming from. But so I think there's a, a younger generation of people coming in, and, and they're not as interested in buying a house at this point in time. They, but they want to get out and do some, uh, you know, pedaling paddling whatever you want to else you want to throw in there but um our designer was challenged with it, coming up with something that was portable and initially it was a three-piece sorry a two-piece stand-up paddleboard um eventually you know when he presented that to us we we're like man that's cool but it kind of we've seen a couple of products out there like that can you go back to the drawing board and see what you can do to make this a little bit more flexible and a little bit more usable for anyone from recreational all the way uh, to those who are fishing. Um, but at the same time, develop some, you know, this new stand-up paddleboard concept. Well, now it's not new anymore. Obviously, but when it came out, everybody was trying to like, what? what's this? Like, no one's going to use these. Well, you know, what is it? 15 years later? They're still out there and they're still popular as hell. And maybe not as much in our industry here in the kayak fishing industry, but in the, in the recreational side, it's very popular. Now you have people like Hobie, some of the other brands uh, who came out with their own version of a stand-up paddle board where you can sit down. So this is not a new concept, mm -hmm. right? But the concept we came up with is new in the sense that it's fully collapsible. And instead of just being an inflatable stand-up paddleboard with a seat on it. It's an inflatable stand-up paddleboard with a seat in it with a center hole that's made of plastic. Uh, more rigid, easier to install accessories, um, easier to put a pedal system on it. Uh, it's it's more durable in the sense if you're you know running this thing on a river, the keel is plastic. Uh, it's polyethylene, no different than it, your kayaks, so it's easy to repair. Essentially, what's happening is the, the, the kind of the horseshoe shape 
inflatable piece of this watercraft is really for buoyancy more than anything. And what's cool uh, about the way we built it is it's three pieces. It's two plastic pieces that come together that form the center hole and this U-shaped, um, uh, you know, inflatable piece that kind of wraps around it. And I apologize. I don't have all the technical terms yet, but I guess that's what I, I need to work U-shaped on. U-shaped good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's essentially a tube, right? But it's, it's, it's kind of a U-shape, right? And the thing about that tube is that you can buy the regular version if you want the most in performance. If you weigh maybe 250 pounds or so. If you weigh more than 250, you can get a wider version um, and possibly even extra large, right? If you, you know, instead of uh, getting yourself some, uh, what do you call them, the outriggers, you would actually use this extra large uh, tube to encase the center hole, if that makes any sense. So what happens is you just have this product that is, essentially almost 12 feet long that collapses into something that's about four feet high by about, I don't know, 16 inches width, or excuse me, a, a depth and maybe, a, I don't know, 20 inches wide. So you could put it in the back of your SUV. Yeah, that was really? going to be my next question. How, how, how far does this break down? Because I've, I've seen the videos of the plastic pieces and they didn't look they didn't look very big at all. I mean, they looked like something you could slide the plastic pieces like under your bed or something. And, yeah, and, actually, and, you could probably fit it under your bed, honestly. Yeah, and you, you don't have to worry about a roof rack. You don't have to worry about... You just got to have a corner of a closet or something to throw throw a full 12-foot pedal drive kayak paddleboard uh, onto. And that that's pretty cool. I, I really like the fact that it has the, the pedal drive on it as well. Well, so is the is the airship using the same pedal drive system as the other feel free models no it's using the same pedal drive as our uh three waters brand it's called the Profish pedal drive so it's <clears throat> excuse me a little bit simpler in design um does not take the motor like our feel free version does so the nice thing about all this it's being that it's that pedal drive system it's more affordable right there's not as much technology put into it. It's a very basic. Just a simple drive. Yeah. And what's, um, you know, don't quote me on the pricing because it could vary. But at this point, we're looking at about $2,000 for the one with the pedal system in the seat and the base, uh, basically the angler version, right? So it's a very competitively priced compared to the other ones that are out there. Now, when when you're dealing with an inflatable, um, are there additional warranty issues or, you know, longevity that you have to be concerned about, you know, has technology caught up to where we shouldn't really worry about, you know, uh, where we bring inflatables and what we do with them? Well, I, I think the technology has, def- has definitely, uh, has come a long way, but you know, at the end of the day, it still can pop. Right. Um, I think, from a warranty perspective, there's actually an advantage in having the third piece being the tube. And that if you have a problem with that, that's, you know, due to manufacturing defect, we're not shipping you an entirely new kayak. We're shipping you a new tube, right? Um, Same with the centerpiece. So 
But to answer your question, no, they've come a long way. It's drop stitch, so it's very durable. It's the same one that people like NRS, Boat, uh, a lot of the big, you know, even Hobie are using. So um, very durable. Um, you know, I, I do challenge people to try to pop it. It's it's they're they're tough. Well, what are some of the things that people that a manufacturer will say don't do? You know, like like don't leave it inflated. Um, make sure you deflate it. Uh, are there any tips or tricks for keeping maintaining your your uh, tube absolutely i mean i think first and foremost is don't keep it fully inflated i think if you leave it somewhat inflated that's actually not a bad thing because you're avoiding any creases right um when you have something that's flexible and you fold it and you leave it folded for a year you know there might you know, when I look at the airship, let me just add this. It's not for everyone. It's more likely going to be those folks who use it maybe once or twice a month, right? You might have some diehard people, of course, they're going to use any product, you know, for a length of period of time. Um, but I think for the most part, the people using our, the airships will be kind of the weekend warrior kind of folks. And it, it may be a thing where they put it away for the winter and they fold it up and they leave it folded up. And it should maintain itself, right? Especially over the winters and in a controlled environment, because in this case, we're assuming perhaps they have a garage or apartment. Now, if it's 104 degrees outside and you fold this thing and you keep it folded for the duration of the summer, you could begin to see some, you know, <laughs> some creases that start cracking on you if you're not careful. So I think the main thing is just to make sure you store it in controlled environment. Whether it's probably it's some acceptance that you have to or some level of acceptance whenever you purchase one of these that, you know, I'm going to have to treat this thing a little bit differently than just a kayak. Yeah, absolutely. And quite frankly, you leave a kayak out in the garage at a, in 104 degrees. It could, you know, compromise the integrity. If it's a Viking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking from experience, huh? It's a lot. It's a lot of kayaks, man. It is. You know, it's just polyethylene plastic. You know, it's. Yeah. it's 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 not you know the most it's no durable. i just i just i love the the uh all the um the posts that we used to see where somebody left their viking kayak out on top of their car for you know like a week and they come back out and they're like why is my kayak melted oh no really <laughs> i didn't, well, I, didn't I, I i gotta look that up i didn't know that you know what's crazy about stuff like that though like you leave it on your wood rack in the garage and then through the hot periods and you get little creases in it you know you get little dents in it but what do you do to fix those dents chris well me you put it out in direct it, yeah. sunlight yeah, you and you flip sunlight. it over so it's like because it's hot in the garage and it was sitting this way all you have to do is turn it the other way and get it even hotter and that will fix the problem <laughs> It's got some True. memory, but, you know, as a guy who works for a manufacturing company that develops products made out of plastic, I mean, you so, got to be careful. It doesn't matter what it, it, it could be the most expensive $4,000 kayak out there. It's you live in, you know, you guys know, you just got to take care of it. You got to store it correctly. I don't know. And that's, man. it's no different with the airship. I don't think Hobie bends in heat. Oh, they do. They're made out of gold, baby. No, the sides <laughs> of PAs will warp on you, and they'll be all I'm, wonky I'm after so a few years. Shit, man. So, <laughs> so, but but since he said that, you, you need to store it the, the right way. Chris, I don't think we've ever talked about this. 
like what story what are what are right. some of the right ways to store your kayak in the garage or well like, is that like a whole ha- another episode or no i don't think it is how do you store yours chris which one any of them I mean, you have various options. Let's so, let's talk about all the options that you have my, here. The the most particular one, the one that has to be stored a very specific way, is my new canoe, um, Frontier Twelve. That one has to be stored um, where the length of the rack meets directly where the uh, pontoons are on mm-hmm. the Frontier. If it doesn't, then it the middle of the kayak deforms. It starts to warp a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it starts to deform. And there's kiss-offs on the inside. And the kiss-offs, that's basically where the molding process takes place. Um, those kiss-offs will uh, bust through the top of the, top of the uh, kayak if you're not careful. So, yeah, I have to store that one very particular. They fixed that problem. Mine's very old. My uh, frontier is very, very old, mm-hmm. but everything else, pretty much, my bonafide has its own rack that it sits on. My hobies are always on the trailer, except for one. I still have one in a wrapper that I've never opened up. So they're on bunks. So they're on PVC bunks on the trailer. Mm-mm, no, or are they just C-wings. on crossbars? Oh, C wings. Okay. Yeah. Um, my paddleboard. I don't care. It just is on top of whatever and i think i think my uh, trident is just sandwiched between a whole bunch of shit <laughs> trident i haven't heard that in a while i love the trident. yeah man. that was that, a good boat man back that's, in ack days we used to sell the hell out of that one that's a great boat um what else do i have oh my tarpon 160i nice um that one is going to be uh pretty soon here i'm going to encapsulate it in protective plastic it's already made of protective plastic <laughs> you don't have to cap just don't run it on oyster beds you'll be it's never right. i don't think it's ever been fished that's what that's what i'm saying it's like a rare kayak that i i mean i'm thinking about just making it you know a look looky looky do looky see whatever you want to call it you know yeah so Not you were you were no help Bones, what are, what are some proper ways of storing your kayak? <laughs> well, I'll complicate it even further. It really depends on the kayak. And I think that's what, you know, Chris is trying to say. It's every kayak's slightly different. You know, um, I actually write, you know, personally, if you have the space to do it and you don't have a rudder, storing it vertically is actually a good way to uh, mm-hmm. Store for just like you see them at the store. Yeah. Yep. Sitting straight up. Because that, you know, that bottom there, that that, on the stern is full of plastic. It's just thick plastic, and that really, that's really what it comes down to is how much plastic is where, right? So you got to consider some things. The bottom of the kayak is actually pretty flexible, right? Now the keel obviously is going to be a little harder because there's more plastic that ended up there during the molding process, right? The gunnels do the same thing where a lot of plastic kind of ends up there. So if you were to cut a kayak in half, you can see kind of where the thicker parts of plastic end up after it's been molded. Right. And typically you'll find a lot of plastic ends up in the gunnels on the top, right on the sides. That's why a lot of manufacturers tell you to store it upside down. The other advantage of that is, 
uh, there's, well, there's several advantages. If you have a fishing kayak, more unlikely there's a rail system. The rail system is made out of aluminum, right? So it's going to be pretty tough combined with the thick plastic. You put it down, it's not going to warp on you much. But the thing is, if it does warp, the good news is that a little, you know, a few millimeters of warping on that area are not going to affect performance versus the bottom where you get some warping. More likely, it's going to be a lot more. It could affect performance. Yeah, you get an air pocket inside yeah. from your warping, and that kayak's going to slow down considerably. Yeah. Well, there's that, and I've seen where one side, you know, you have it on some saddles, and one side, I don't know, is facing the sun, and it's a little bit more warped than the other. Now you're paddling, and you're like, why does my boat keep Perpetual going? Perpetual right-hand turn, just yeah. constantly turning one direction. <laughs> yeah, manufacturing defect. Hey, feel free. What are you doing? This sucks. And it's like, well, how did you store it? Well, you, they tell you how they stored it, and you're like, oh, but, you know, you do what you can to help. I don't store mine correctly either. I've got mine on a two-by-four rack so I can fit three of them on one side of the garage. <laughs> so they just – There's there's nothing wrong with a two-by-four rack. You know, just make sure that you I, – I think if you put the if you put the supports farthest out, you know, um, like, like you were saying, near the gunnels um, – so that you can, you know, have contact with that meat that's there. Yeah. Then, and that's how I have to store the frontier. I yeah. really do have to that's store it that way. Comes down to, yeah. Oh, it's just it's just stored across like. But if you're gonna store the them up and down, man, you got to have like at least a twelve foot tall garage. That's the problem. That's what I mentioned. If you got the space to do it, if most people, well, they don't, and you don't want to store these things outside. I don't recommend that. You gotta um, you gotta throw it in a barn. You gotta have a yeah, yeah. Here in Texas, you know, a lot of people have. There's a lot of people with barn. Hey, Chris has got a barn. I've got yeah. a barn, but it's not tall enough for a kayak. I don't think. I don't know. Well, and, and you know, there are some kayaks that can lay flat. You know, and, and we don't recommend it. We in our in our little labeling, but honestly, it's perfectly fine. I'm, some of our, some of our kayaks are pretty flat in bottom. You know, I'm kind of scared that yeah. that Hobie. I've got a Hobie Outback that's still sitting in the plastic. That's been laying on the ground, just laying on the floor in the garage or in the uh, in my storage. I think for two years. Mm. You put anything on top? Yeah, the trident and the paddleboard. Oh man, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> no, nah, I probably need to check I, on that thing one day I and see if fine. it's okay. Hey, you know what? Put it out in the sun; it'll pop right out. It'll pop right out. <laughs> I you actually know, that think actually, that that actually does help. To yeah. some extent, it's not going to fix everything. I, I've experienced. I mean, like I said, I used to sold who knows how many hundreds of kayaks in my lifetime uh, before I got into marketing, and um, you know, many a time it did work. If it's bad enough, I'm sure. Yeah. Or if it's a Viking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a shit talker. Hey, you never know, even had a Viking, have you? I know. I know. Uh, one day I will, though. I'll have one one day. It's got to come down to 200 bucks. <laughs> it's going to be a while before they get in your price range. Hey, so there's, you know, there's something that Bones said a long time ago, okay, oh at the beginning of the show. Oh, okay. That honestly is is said often with some of the more knowledgeable paddlers that we have on our show. And it's, you know, that kayaks are constantly getting wider, bigger, fatter. Um, they carry more. Um, 
and I've asked the question so many times, and I'll ask you, do you think we'll ever see a day when kayaks start to revert back to actual paddling machines where they're sleeker, they go back to a saddle, they no longer a chair, bringing back something that you can actually enjoy on a stream and also fishing? Um, that's actually, yeah, I mean, to some extent, but no, I don't think it's going to fully go back to that. I mean, I think there's, if anything, it's there, they might even get bigger. They're just going to keep getting well, bigger. Let me, let me tell you why, because, because motors, motors, that's why, <laughs> because people don't, it, there's, it's going to become, I mean, the amount of requests we're getting, I don't want to say daily, even from our own fishing team members are like, dude, you got to add an area to mount motors. You got to do more motor, more motor, this motor, that you got battery box. And so funny, man. And it's crazy. It's almost like it went from paddling to pedal and then right away to motor. It's almost like pedaling is just becoming an afterthought now. Well, I I think because a lot of people are realizing pedaling can be a lot of work in itself, right? They get out there and they realize I got to deal with this big contraption. I got to, you know, use my muscles. When I can just buy a little trolling motor for you know a few hundred bucks, get a mount for another couple hundred, and five to seven, eight hundred dollars later, you got a you know a, a kayak powered by a motor. Well, let's add a battery there. Now it's a thousand, but you get the point, right? <laughs> yes, we um, get the point. I, that was I, my my adventure this year was to break out into this electric kayak world, and yeah. it's been okay. I mean, it's fun. It's a toy. It's a man toy. You know, you take it out there and and you you play with it and you beat it up and then you put it away. I I paddle. I love to paddle. I've never been a pedal guy. We sell pedals. We sell a ton of them. And I do enjoy using a pedal when I'm doing photography and video, you know, videography. But at the end of the day, I prefer just to paddle, man. I like the simplicity of it. I take two rods, small or one sometimes, a small little tackle box. I like to keep it simple. I will say this though to to kind of tap you know add on to the question you asked me earlier in that i am seeing a trend and you know i'm no major industry expert or anything but just what i see in my world a lot of guys going back to the basics you know a lot of even our own team members that they they get on to feel free and man they just got 10 rods and four tackle boxes and just tons of stuff you know two graphs and then they start bringing it back to the basics, you know, not necessarily going back to paddling, but, you know, instead of carrying eight rods, they're carrying two now because there's just too much shit to deal with. The whole concept of kayak fishing started with being able to get out where the guys in the boats are with less, right? I think the best time I've had in the past year was a day out in a tarpon 160 and two rods. Mm-hmm. And I did like a 20 mile trip. Simple. And it was, yeah, it was just, it was all about, it was uh, me and, and Nathan um, drew. And we went out and we, I mean, we went all the way to freaking Caltrap and did all of Caltrap and then came all the way down through all the cedars and, you know, just a full day, like probably 17, 18, 20 miles, just paddling, bullshitting and catching fish. It's hard to do that with the motor stuff, you know, because you're kind of like <laughs> sticking we're, with the motor. Yeah, we're on it though. Battery. I mean, we're we're doing everything we can to to keep up with that, <laughs> that demand. And but one of the things I will tell you, like I mentioned earlier, we are a company of accommodation, and, and we are 
we have the Moken series. That's what put us on the, you know, consideration map, right? When you had all the brands and everyone's like, who the hell is Fuel Free? Oh, there's a, a lot Moken. of people were talking about the Moken. Yeah, yeah, so the Moken is really what put us on the map before anything else did. And, it's got a good uh, price point, too. Yeah, yeah, and then we upgraded it. It used to have the, the you know, the cushion seat, and we put the, uh, the hung seat on it, and it just blew up. But uh, I will give credit to ACK, you know, not just because I worked there, but because they are the ones who took in the Moken 10 and helped us, you know, blow it up, right? And we introduced the Moken 12, and they, you know, brought it in, and they sold the hell out of that as well. But what the Moken series, to me, is more similar to, like, that of the Tarpon, right, where it's still kind of back to the basics. Um, we are launching a new basically series of Mokens with pedals and things like that, but we're going to keep the same platform so that it's still quick. It's still fast, you know, or sorry, uh, uh, nimble. It's still easy to, to manage. It's not very heavy. So they're not going to be big boats. You know, if you weigh, you know, 350, it's probably not the, the kayak for you. But what we're doing is again, going back to accommodation, we realize that, Hey man, there's still people who want, kayaks that perform well they're not just barges speaking of barges <laughs> you remember me just about uh, 40 minutes ago talking about a kayak that came out four years ago i think it was about four years ago and i first saw that thing and i went holy crap that is a battleship that is not a kayak that thing is huge Come i can't remember 108? what it was called no I can't remember what it's called. The um, the lure? No. Marlin? Dorado. Dorado. Yeah. That's what it was. Dorado. That's a monster, man. Yeah. That's a big kayak. Yeah, so that boat was originally designed. The Dorado name, there's actually a story behind it, but I'm not going to get into it. We just had to change it at the last minute because there was a uh, trademark issue. With Dorado so, or yeah. with the prior name? Oh, no. really? Yeah, the prior name. And okay. it was that I, anyway, we had to change the name like within a day. And all we could come up with at the time was Dorado. And a lot of people are like, oh, the offshore boats. Like, no, it's not an offshore boat. You know, we don't have offshore boats. I mean, the Moken can go offshore, but that's not our thing, right? Um, I forgot what it was called, honestly, because I wasn't working there yet. But anyway, at ICAST, they had to rename it and because uh, of, of a trademark violation. And it wasn't a big deal, but we were, you know, we were friendly with this other company and we're like, yeah, man, we'll change it, man. That's no big deal. We had just launched it. So no problem. We'll change the name. But the Dorado was originally, you know, introduced to the market as something that our feel free, you know, fans wanted something that was more of a tournament boat, something they can put a lot of stuff on. They can carry their 10 rods. Yeah. All day. Yeah, there's six boxes. You know, most of our fishing team members that do uh, the tournament circuits, I mean, these guys are still using Dorados. That's, that's what they want, you know. And we've launched a few other boats since, and they are sticking to the Dorado because that's what they want. I mean, the, the ability to stand up and dance on that thing is, you know, not a problem. I think I have a picture of Justin Stiles. Um, mm-hmm. He's standing up in two of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One on each foot. Oh, really? <laughs> he's, he's paddling both yeah. of them around. But that guy's a character anyway. So. Oh, man, I love that guy. He, he's a good guy. He's one of our 
he's a team member. I don't know if you knew that or not, but yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, man, I'm might have forgotten that I invited him on. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> maybe, I should, maybe I should get in touch with him real quick and see what he's doing. But um, Drew, so you know, we were talking about we always bring up pedal drive systems, and I always have this you know thought you know that we don't have any innovation with freaking pedal drive systems, right? Have you seen their pedal drive system? I've seen it, and I've been in a lure, but this has been probably five years ago. It's probably been a while. I mean, it, it has been a while. The one that I was interested in, I was hoping that they would have one at the Mariner Sales demo, but that, I mean, that, that didn't happen. I want to try out the Flash. Like, I, I want to see how fast the flash is i want to get i mean it's got a really good price point too it's a like i think it's 14.49 for for the flash and that's a pedal drive system and that's something that i think a lot of our listeners and a lot of people new to kayaking they don't want to drop three grand on a pedal drive kayak and if they can find something in you know sub 2k for a pedal drive they will they will go with that offering and since i've never been in one like i i want to get in the flash yeah it, it's um we're pretty clear about who it's for in terms of you know we it, it's smaller you mm-hmm. know it, you know it's if you're 250 you're fine anything above that it's probably not the boat well, i mean Drew's, you can Drew's busting it like 350 <laughs> 250 250 <laughs> So you can try it, but I, I will say it's probably not for you. Now it's nimble. It's, it is speedy because it's still, it's based on a recreational um, model. And that said, it's a little bit more of a V-shaped hole. It's not going to give you that initial stability you might find in some of these bigger boats, right? So because of that, we always, uh, when we advertise it, we recommend that if you're over 250, you might want to jump on to a different model. But the new Moken series with the pedal is going to be the next step up if you don't want to get into a big fat lure. Drew, why why the flash, dude? You've been kind of talking about like these little puddle jumper kayaks lately, like small, tiny ones. Those are just the ones I want to try. Like I want to I want to get in there. I've been in a lure before, so I mean I don't. Thirty inches is really narrow, bro. Now but it's I know fun, though. It's fun. I can tell you that when you jump on that thing. You can almost lean if you're comfortable, you know, with leaning. If you're one of those people who, you know, doesn't mind getting wet, right, and you want to test it out and you're pedaling really fast, if you lean over a little bit, it actually helps you steer the boat. Um, it's, it's, you get on some waves, you know, you can almost surf them. It, it's really just a fun recreational pedal well, kayak I, with, with two rod holders. I pick on Drew for being a big boy, but he's probably the most nimble big boy I've ever seen. Hey, like a cat. Yeah. Like a cat, especially I mean, in those kayaks, him, We call man. him Twinkle Toes. <laughs> it can't be no... Toes Drew. It can't be any tippier twinkle than that 160i. That, them 160i's are tippy. Well, your, your original... 160 dual hatch was probably more tippy than any kayak in the whole entire world. That sucker was tippy, but you got that thing you got a On good glide, glide going. Yeah. Yeah. Even with my fat ass, we were gliding, buddy. We were gliding around. 
Uh, I love that kayak. I've been on some chippy kayaks now. It's it's fun. You can definitely tell people who have been kayaking fairly often just by watching them get in their seat initially. Like when they get in the get in and they sit down and they go past that um, primary stability into the second. Like if they automatically freak out before they're even <laughs> paddling, you're like, ah, he ain't been he ain't been doing this that long. He ain't been. Sh- I'm standing on mine, like standing on the edge. It's about to start taking on water, and I'm still feeling okay because I know that secondary stability is about to hit. Well, not I'm to mention you're on a big float. You know, I was, you know, I get a lot of people who are like, "Man, I'm scared to get on this kind of like, dude." Just best thing you can do is get on that kayak and test it to its limits. You know, yeah, get, get on it and fall off. Yeah, get it, get in some shallow water with a life vest and have a friend with you and just do everything you possibly can to fall off. That I mean, that's what I tell people. Chris has said it too. Like if it's when whenever it's hot like it is right now, take your kayak somewhere a small shallow area, or even if you mm-hmm. got a pool or something, and flip that sucker twenty times until yeah. you find out the limits. Know how far you can reach behind you and stand up and stand on the side and do it in a controlled environment before you get out there fishing. And it's freezing cold, and you're chasing rainbow trout in the Guadalupe in December, and then yeah. you flip. Then you flip over like, in a pungo. Yeah, in don't. Pungo. I wonder don't where that guy that. is. You know, now that I think about it, that guy. Hey, that pungo guy. guy, if you're listening, <laughs> pungo guy you? that fishes the Guadalupe. Like, what section of the Guadalupe? You know, and, and, and I told I think, you right below. I think it was a pungo. I'm pretty sure it was because that was one of the first sit inside recreational kayaks. It probably was. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they've got a ton of notoriety, especially for, you know, a river kayak. Oh, yeah, man. Stream kayak. Um, I, honestly, I would love to own a um, sit inside, but it would have to be like the Tsunami or um, what's it called? The Emotion. Mm-hmm. Perception Emotion. I love that kayak. But there's not much place for them down here on this uh on the coast drew um one thing that i was trying to sort of steer you towards whenever we were talking about drives is they have a very specific drive that has a very specific function that not a lot of manufacturers out there have the plug and play motor there you go plug that in you want to talk about that a little bit bones yeah absolutely i mean i I think it's um you know it's the only one i know that exists out there in full production um the ability to go from pedal you know a lot of manufacturers talk about paddle we all say the same thing right paddle pedal power but at the end of the day this truly is a pedal power system um the the pedal system itself just imagine in the center there's this like plastic uh container that you pull out it's about the size of a i don't know a brick and uh, you pull this out and then you insert the motor, which, again, is a little bit bigger than uh, brick is all I can say right now. But, uh, you know, you insert it and it automatically connects to the gears inside the pedal system and it makes the pedals go limp so that you can engage the motor and you have a remote control in your hand to operate it. And the steering is, is done um, with the eight ball system. So your left hand or your right hand is used, is, is uh Sorry, your right hand is controlling the motor and your left hand is steering. Um, so 
it's really a great option for those who just don't want to have an, you know, who want to pedal and, and, and uh, a motor because you got guys that want to get there quick and they use their pedal to fish the banks in more silence, right? And a lot of the, most of the guys that buy our motor are the ones using it for tournament fishing. They use that motor to get across the lake at ease. And again, once they're at their fishing hole, they release the motor and then go back to pedaling. So it's, it's a great option for those who want a two-in-one system and not have to install like a trolling motor on the side of your kayak or on the back. What's that thing powered by? Its own internal battery, or do you have to install one external? No, you got to uh, it's put an external battery. Yeah, an external battery. Yeah. So you can, and I, I assume it's a twelve volt system. Yep. yep. So, you know, you can add hundred amp hours and use that sucker like all day and into the weekend. Yeah, it's actually pretty efficient, and, and you know, I can't get into the technical numbers, but I can tell you that I've used it plenty of times because so as marketing director one of the things i do is a lot of our i work with our our cinematographer on developing videos for our company and i'm usually out there with him doing photos because he's focusing on video so i'm doing the photos in the background and we basically just use motors all day long to get us around because we don't have to we can't be pedaling and paddling while we're trying to take photos and do videos so instead of using a boat a power boat we actually use kayaks with motors on them and we run around all day long with these things. Now, obviously, if you run it nonstop, you know, you're probably going to max it out at a few hours. But you can use it all day long when you're awesome. combining actually, with, with the pedaling and the paddling. I've seen them out there before, and uh, I always thought that was a pretty neat um, feature. You know, the only kayak that I've ever seen that had a cartridge system with a motor was the um, Torque, Ocean mm-hmm. Kayak Torque. And that was sort of way before its time. Um, and so seeing that on the feel free was actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a great system. You know, it's gotten some slack, though, because it's loud. Um, what happens is all the gearing is on top of the boat, right, versus underwater. Meaning that, you know, unlike regular pedal systems, you have, I'm sorry, regular uh, trolling motors, some of the gearing is underwater, right? This is all above the water. So it sort of resonates in the kayak? Yeah, it does, you know, and, and, you know, it is, it's loud. I mean, we, we, we admit it, you know, sorry, but (laughs) at the end of the day, you're using it to get there. I mean, you you look at these boats hauling ass across the the lake, they're freaking loud, right? Sorry, I almost said the other word, but uh, (laughs) with, uh, so yeah, you get there and it's loud, but before you get to your point, you turn it off. At the end of the day, are fish really scared of noise? Depends, you know, uh, there's debate as to what kind of noise they're scared of, bumps, things like that, but a constant hum, they may not be as scared of. Again, I'm not a marine biologist, so I have no idea. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's maybe not for everybody, but for those who want to get across the lake, you know, it's a great option. But the reason it's loud, because a lot of people ask, and I'm just telling you now, is because of the gearing inside. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot, you know, more robust. You know, you can't just use... Uh, small uh, uh, gears in, in the pedal system because now you have a motor being attached to it, so it's got to be pretty dense in there. Um, so that does make it loud. However, the good news is um, in 2023, we are releasing a new version of the motor that's quieter. Hey, and, there we go. Yeah, and there's going to be some other benefits to it as well, but I won't get into that at this point. 
You said get there quickly. How 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 quickly will this push uh, one of the fill frees? We talking like four miles an hour, five miles an hour, somewhere? In yeah. There? So we we've actually been able to get it up to seven on a good day with good Ooh. wind. Well, hold on. Ooh, that's moving. Hold on, hold on. Look, even with a good wind <laughs> yeah. and the tide going out, like yeah. seven is moving. Yeah, like, it, it, I I can't you, pedal seven. Yeah, you can get it moving, but again, it's it's a lot of it. A lot of factors, right, uh, come into play. I would say, on average, you're probably looking somewhere between four and five miles an hour. That's that is pretty much run of the mill. Yeah, yeah that's still Except pretty. For good. maybe like a the Torquedo, what is that new one that's like almost five, six horsepower or something like that? Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So you sure gotta have two of those on there. Like I get four, <laughs> four point three to four point five on the autopilot. So, yeah. and that's with me being fat. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I can tell you this: carrying three people with you, I get one point seven. Uh, you put three people on that kayak. I didn't put three people. I mean, you're two alone. I had two dudes. I had my brother Whoa, and Valentine. Hold on, hold on, hold, hold on. on. Three guys, one kayak. It's the new video coming. <laughs> but it was. I'm going. Valentine pulls up on one side and grabs my um, my Yak Attack AR tube. Then my brother comes up on the other side and grabs it, and then my buddy Hook comes on the back and like lassos the back of my kayak. So I'm dragging all three of them back to the launch. It's probably horrible for that motor to to have that much on there, but it it went. I was doing four point three to one point seven. Yeah, four point three to one point seven. That's a pretty broad range there, pal. <laughs> yeah, that's on full power. So that's that's the kind of speed I was getting that day. There's guys that's putting, uh, they're putting two or three motors on their kayaks now, that wow. are, to try to so get out of there. It, it's, um, it's not. I don't think it really is going to affect performance or speed all that great because tournaments are not going to allow it. If they're tournament fishermen, it's not going to be allowed. And honestly, guys, I'm going to implore you have fun with the motor stuff because that's obviously the direction that it's going, but. Please don't make it a staple of kayaking. Well, you get know, the freaking paddle out every now and then. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. You know, like I said, I, I, I'm a paddle guy. At the end of the day, people ask me, "Oh man, you got all these toys to play with?" I was like, "No, man, I just like to paddle." Now, I do like using Johnny boat when I go crappie fishing on the rivers because you know that I thing looks insane. That's fun. I mean, it's you put a little outboard in that thing and you go flying. And uh, I, I've actually used a five horsepower on it, which you're not supposed to do. But man, that thing goes on a plane. And how do you resist? Yeah, how do you resist? I mean, wait, are we live? I was I wasn't supposed to say that, but (laughs) (laughs) no. But the Johnny boat—it's a whole other beast. In fact, the way we target Johnny boat, we don't even—we really don't even push it in the kayak fishing industry. You know, it's—it's when we do our our targeting with that, and I'm giving away secrets here. But we target the powerboat guys. We target guys who want a powerboat but are not quite there yet, and. It actually does well when it's a little kind of niche area, but it's a great option if you want to get going. If you if your so, focus is on on fishing and that's all you care about and you're not doing a tournament, you're not trying to go out and have a peaceful morning, you're just going to fish, that Johnny Boat will get you there. You threw a five horsepower on a Johnny a Boat ten, Bass one hundred well, here's the deal, guys. <laughs> the difference, you try to put a five horsepower on a kayak, 
you're going to have some problems because what you know you might have the channel the what do you call it the uh, pontoon style hull or you have a v hole uh they're not designed for that type of power mm -hmm. the johnny boat what makes it unique is that the hull is designed more like that of a boat yeah so it can actually hold it pretty damn well well i'm not i'm not saying that it's not gonna hold it like but it's it's a it's ten foot. I did not like having my six horsepower on the solo skiff because that sucker got squirrely. Like I could just imagine you get this thing, you know, revved up full RPMs with the five horsepower. It may get a little squirrely on hey, you when you, when you start turning. You need to you need to check some of those videos that they've got out of the of people using those things. Justin yeah, he, sent sent them to me. Right before he got his, he's like, Chris, you got to check this out. And so he sends me these videos, and I'm like, that's insane. There's an outboard on that bathtub. <laughs> that's basically it. I mean, I, maybe it's just I, I'm I'm a little scaredy cat, I guess you could say. Like, I get nervous in your skiff when we're, when we're full throttle going on the skiff and making turns, and I get nervous in boats. I like well, the I'm kayaks because the they're slow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like you have to be careful. I mean, you're right. When you start turning this thing, you know, you because I had it. I don't. I, I don't even know how fast I was going, but I was booking it, and I you started. Swap doing, I started doing a. You know, I don't want to call them donuts, but going in a circular motion, and I started hitting my own wake, and man, that thing got sketchy. That's I what I'm saying. They get, they get yeah. squirrely. And I'm not just saying that about the Johnny boats. I'm talking no, about like yeah. any boat like that, like the solo skiff swapped ends on me one time and i sold it i'm like i'm done yeah. okay that's enough i don't i, I don't I, want I to encourage you to try it i encourage you to try it. you'd be surprised because you're also sitting uh i don't know how high you're sitting on your skiff but in the johnny boat you're sitting pretty low so your center of gravity is closer to the water than it would be say on a, on a skiff i'm the wrong person to try because i would be just like just barely in, <laughs> barely in gear going as slow as i can to look around and enjoy like the the uh, autopilot not me, man. i'm gonna be holding my beer the, the go. autopilot going at full speed i still get nervous sometimes when i know there's a bunch of stumps like i'm still a little bit nervous going at four miles an hour through i'm like okay let me crank this back <laughs> down to three like yeah. it's just something about being on the water I don't want to go fast. I don't like to go. I drive fast. Like, I'm going 85, 90 everywhere, and I'm comfortable with that. That's in the car. normal speed in Texas, bro. I know, but in a boat, like, I start to pucker up anytime we, we get over, like, 10 or 15 miles an hour. I'm like, oh, crap, hold on. Let me well, hold on. Let me hold on to the rail. Let me, let me hold on to this cooler. Like, I just, I mean, maybe I, I, I'm just a wuss in that scenario but i just don't like it like well here i'll tell you what to go on youtube when you have a chance and look up johnny johnny bat or sorry johnny boats bass 100 five horsepower there's several dudes that have have put it to the test so if you don't want to do it go see it it's actually it's, it's pretty entertaining to see these guys hauling ass that's what i'm talking about yep. that's crazy i don't want to race i want to race the cars but have you guys ever seen where they have the boat races where there's oh, yeah. somebody in the front and there's somebody in the back and they got to like turn the boat and like lean back and forth and all that crap where they're going. That's like, a death wish. That's Jesus a death wish. Christ. That not, that's not riding in a Johnny boat 
with a five horsepower. Motor. I'm getting I'm getting anxiety just thinking about those type of guys. But I I like I would want to get on a racetrack or a drag strip in a car and go really really fast. I don't know what it is about the boat in the water that just scares the crap out of me to go fast on water. I don't know. Yeah, I get it. Exposed. Mm. You're exposed. I guess I don't know. Sally. Some type of <laughs> some type of inner demons. I don't know. I, I have bad dreams about that's driving not my demons. truck off. That's of... the that's the gas from your gas station tacos. It it <laughs> may be, man, because like I have horrible nightmares about driving my truck off a bridge all the time, like reoccurring. Okay. I don't know why. And as much as I'm in the water, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Want to talk about this? It's bad. <laughs> this is my therapy right now. This is this is my therapy. And. Chris, you're talking about gas station tacos. You want to hear a horrible stat since earlier I was saying that I wanted to, you know, like, we're buying a house and stuff. We sat and down. Did, and did you start to actually do the numbers? Bro, we sat down and did the budget where we looked at everything we spent for the last couple months. Like, how much we spent on Amazon, exactly how much we spent at the grocery store, exactly oh, yeah. how much we spent on gas. I'm averaging about $260, $270 a month just on energy drinks and gas station tacos. Yeah, $260, $270 a month on I, I breakfast sort of a, tacos and energy drinks. I have sort of a weird addiction right now. I'm, every time I see a, um, an alkaline water, I've got to buy it. <laughs> it's like, And those things are like $3, $4 a pop. I just... Jeez. Are you, like, are you, is delicious. there? I mean, do you feel the difference? They just taste great. Yeah. Tastes like just yummy water. Water <laughs> tastes like what? Like no water. As long as it's like cold. cold. No man, <laughs> I gotta tell you, I was in Iceland three, four weeks ago. It was four weeks ago, and I was on the top of a glacier. And you're talking about the highest point where there's no animals, right? And meaning that you can drink water that in the glacier pools. It's like blue, crystal clear. You can see down several feet. And I just got a cup and picked up some of that water and took a sip. I'm telling you, I've never tasted water that tasted so good in my life. They bottled that stuff, man. It's called Fuji. Yeah. It's just incredible, (laughs) the difference in how it tastes. And you you come back to the States and you drink your water and you're like, oh, crap, man. They're putting a bunch of stuff in this. See, like Deja Blue is crap. You know, Aquafina is crap. Um, I like Pellegrino, but that's, of course, you know, that's mineral water. Yeah. Um, Topo Chico for show. But yeah. those alkaline waters, I don't know what it is, but, man, they've got a great flavor to them. All so right. I, I got to try it. See how it compares. I drink that good old Conroe tap water. Oh, good <laughs> Lord. That's <laughs> where <laughs> all your hair went. <laughs> Just that, fill it up. A little sense of sulfur there. Hey, well, a little no, bit of a little bit of chlorine. I mean, yeah. it smells like you're about to jump in a pool, but it yeah. tastes tastes fine to me. I don't know. No, no lie here. My voice is starting to fade. Um, I've been battling COVID for the last week. Um, still quarantined inside my RV. And uh, damn, if there's if if there's anything else, bones that you'd like to throw out to the listeners. You know, uh, is there some social media platforms they need to start checking out? How about some YouTube pages about Feel Free? Anything yeah. that we need to 
kind of steer these guys so that they can start putting their eyeballs on what's being made out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, you just search for Feel Free Kayaks on any of the platforms. We're probably going to pop up first and foremost. Um, we have a YouTube channel with a lot of cool videos, not just product overviews, but we also do some cool, like, uh, you know, uh, lifestyle videos where we go out to a specific location and meet up with some of our team members and others. Uh, we've been to Thailand even. Um, uh, you know, we've got Instagram and all that, of course. But I want to give a, you know, very important shout out to our well first there's two people here our customers thank you all for believing in our products you know it, it's been phenomenal over the last five six years our growth is it's a new zealand owned company right uh it's actually uh well it's partially owned in thailand bangkok and the u.s and okay. new zealand's a big part of it as well because our designers uh both designers we've had are from new zealand so there's Again, it's a worldwide company, a lot of different... Some industries. pedigree there with New Zealanders. And yeah. Kayaking. Well, I think, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think a lot of it has to do with the boating. There's just so much water there, obviously. It's an island. Um, so I don't know how or why we ended up working with designers from New Zealand. It just kind of came with it, I guess. Um, but we're really appreciative to our customers. You know, it's it's just for all brands, but... A uh, big shout out to our dealers as well, because these guys are the ones distributing our kayaks all over the world. And of course, the U.S. I understand Mariner Sales is one of your sponsors. So uh, check them out. Great dealer. We appreciate everything they do. They've always got a lot in stock, man. I'm not just talking about Phil Freeze. They've yeah. always they got, got a everything. lot of everything in stock. Golly. They blew us away whenever we went to go oh, yeah. visit. It was like, holy smoke. Yeah. We have a few, quite a few dealers that buy containers from us, um, and they're one of them. So, yeah, they are definitely well-stocked. Chris, you got anything else for our man, Bones? No, man. I'm very, I'm, I'm very thankful that you had some time available to give to us. Uh, this is a brand that we haven't really been able to talk about yet. Uh, Drew and I are not kayak snobs by any means, but we, um, we use many different manufacturers and it's one of the reasons why we neither one of us have ever accepted a position within one kayak company yeah um because i mean like if i could kayak two kayaks at once i probably would um i like them all so yeah awesome well if, uh, i can get you guys uh you know your hands on a johnny boat one day we'll certainly make that work i'm down to play on a johnny boat dude yeah. especially, for, uh, especially drew man we gotta get a five horse yeah, i need a helmet the whole time <laughs> i need a helmet and a life jacket and some arm floaties and let's go <laughs> uh we'll put we'll we'll get that sucker cranked up all the way and go, hey, listen, go around the marsh i yeah. took uh i took a two i took the johnny boat to cattle in fact we have a video of cattle lake the johnny boat playing in the cattle lake area um and we were going through those, uh, what do you call them, cypress. Cypress. Tell you what, man, you go full throttle and you just start booking it through the cypress, man. That's a good time. You know where to go, obviously. There's channels. Mm -hmm. all the same channels the boat guys are using. But that's that's a good time. You know, Drew's thinking about those videos of the dude, you know, in the John boat and the other guys up front and <laughs> strap, holding the strap and helping steer the boat. <laughs> they go 80 miles per hour through mm -mm. the through the swamps <laughs> y'all can have swamps. all that y'all can have all that well, only time I, 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 do, 
go ahead. I was going to say the only time I don't really get nervous in a boat, and it's probably when I should be the most nervous in a boat, is when we're going offshore. Because it's a big boat and there's nothing really to hit. Yeah. You're just you're just going. There's nothing to there's hit. There's nothing there's... to hit until you hit that something that wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's when I should be the scaredest because I can't swim to shore. Every other place, I'm like, I can see shore from where I'm at. I'll be all right. I can walk over there, but I'm still like all puckered up. So, I don't know. Maybe well, I need to see a therapist. We need to have a therapist on the yeah. next show. Oh, man. Well, Bones, thanks a lot, man, for joining us. Uh, yeah, man. I've learned a lot. Uh, and and I don't, I'm going to try and find that picture that of you holding that redfish. Was that was that really your first redfish, man? No, man. It's okay. Def- when you said that, I was like, man, this guy, we go way back then. But <laughs> no, you know, it's fu- real quick on that trip. I don't know if you, you knew what was happening, but I got tired of fishing, you know. And I was just laying on my kayak, actually, to Mokin. And I was laying down because I was hung over that morning. And I told I got... you he was quiet. He was quiet <laughs> as hell, man. So I just, I had a, a gulp, a little white, I don't remember what it was. It was white. And I would just throw it out, and I would lay down, and I kept getting hit by the redfish. So I caught, I think I caught three uh, slot redfish that day. Kept two, I th- or kept one, I think. We took it back. Made some ceviche. Do you remember that? Uh, I didn't go back with you guys, no. Yeah, okay. So we made some ceviche that night. But I released a couple. Anyway, what I'm trying to get to is I wasn't trying to fish. I wasn't fishing. I was just laying there and letting go. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. All on your own. All by yourself. Somebody actually snapped a picture of me. It was my profile picture for a while where I was just laying down on my back catching fish. Nice. (laughs) Awesome, man. Awesome. That's that's how I roll these days. So anyway, guys, I appreciate you as well. And thanks for, uh, you know, letting me speak on behalf of Feel Free and our other brands. It's awesome to be on this show. And uh, we'll definitely give you guys a shout out and a share. All right, brother. Well, this is where we say see ya. Adios. Peace. <laughs>